The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome. This is Bleacher Blums, a sports podcast for baseball fans. Now here's David Tuttle and Astros master of banter, Blummer. I know. It's one of those weeks, uh, you know, here in the bleachers. Thank you for coming in and listening to the Bleacher Blums podcast. We had an interesting week last week. Tuttle is back, yeah. and it's always good to have him back in the bleachers. Uh, we talked a little bit to Brian McTaggart about the upcoming season for the Astros. Good news on Michael Brantley. He might actually be ready for opening day, which is uh, way ahead of schedule, nice. uh, according to what we heard last year. So that's good news. But yeah, you know, as far as a sports week is concerned, you know, there was a lot of, uh, there is so much buildup and drama getting to the Super Bowl itself and then getting to the Super Bowl. I'm sure we'll unpack plenty with the Super Bowl commercials, halftime shows, uh, ref calls, you know, how teams change at halftime and, you know, is the NFL scripted? I don't know if you've been reading a lot of that, but it's, it seems to be a lot of like conspiracy theories around the fact that the NFL is being scripted or it's some kind of WWE, you know, situation. I'm not sure how much of that I believe just because there's humans involved and so much money and just the physicality of the game. It doesn't make any sense that you could script something like this, but I could be completely wrong. We'll see what Tuttle thinks about it. Uh, there's some Astro news that popped up a little bit, and then we may just finish this thing off because we had a bet going into this game and I won the bet. Tuttle absolutely lost the bet. Yep. And uh, we'll hit that on the way out of this podcast. But uh, Tuttle, you did you go to Vegas for the Super Bowl? I did not. It's funny. I almost stayed. Uh, Nate Bargatze was performing on Friday night and uh, at the hotel I was staying at. And I'm like, ooh, I could stick around and watch Nate Bargatze and place a bet. So um, Is this I wanted- terrible that I have no idea who you're talking about? Oh, stand-up com- comedian, the Tennessee okay, kid. Like, I'll, send you a, I'll send you a, a, a link. He's funny. Fairly clean comedian, really funny. I got to send that to you. Boy, we never yeah. talked about Nate Bargatze. I'm loop, man. You're, you're, like, you're in it, though. You, Not at how all. Do you, how do you find out about these guys? Mm. Are you a TikToker? That's a great question. I am not on TikTok. I think it has to do with the CrossFit gym, which we talked about. You know, you oh, get, you actually communicate with other people. That's yeah, true. right. Like a scuttlebutt <laughs> at the gym is like, "Hey, have you seen this new comedian? You know, you know, you guys oh, want to buy some squares for the Super Bowl thing? You know, it's funny. I went to place one bet on the Super Bowl, so no, I wasn't out there for the Super Bowl. And I, you know, Blum, you haven't had a real job for a long, long time, but. I mean, in the mm. corporate world, I mean, you obviously have a real job and you deal with real people, but 
they have, you know, we have a like a national sales meeting. I'm on a sales team. So about oh, nine go. 900 of us at a lovely thing. But you think, all right, you know, get up in the morning, work out, head down to the meeting. You know, then we can have dinner tonight, maybe some drinks, see what's happening. And you're in the conference room, you know, grabbing breakfast with every, you know, all other 900 people, coffee, eggs. Like the spread is great. That's a substantial amount of people too, It's man. tons. And it's fine. They have plenty of room and it's very well organized. But dude, the monotony, it's like going to spring training all over, except you're in this room <laughs> from 7 a.m. till about 5 p.m., and you're like, you run up to your room like, oh, maybe now I could get a workout or change. Everyone's like, hey, come back down in 15 minutes. We'll get some drinks before we go to dinner. And all of a mm-hmm. sudden, it's like 10 o'clock and you've been in the same, essentially the same environment from 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. talking about work stuff and talking to the same people. You can imagine. We love this podcast. It's great to see you after a couple of weeks. But, you know, day after day after day after day of seeing my ugly mug and talking about the same stuff, it's like, mm-hmm. so day four, you're like, squeal tires out of there. Can I get out of there? So I was not sticking around for the Super Bowl is the long answer. But the one bet I wanted to place, we were actually over by the Blue Wire Studios there at the win. The one bet they wouldn't let me tease. They wouldn't let you tease totals. So I wanted to tease totals. Yeah, I wanted to tease the over and get some points. I don't know. I think it's, I mean, you know, this is ROI, like, cause they know it could be a winning bet. Yeah. I guess the total, when you're allowed to tease the total down four or five Vegas points. doesn't want you to win. That's weird. I know. That's so strange. Like go figure. <laughs> so I didn't even place a bet at the sports book. Cause I didn't, the one I, you know, I did all my math, my calculations, my goodwill hunting board. And I came up with one <laughs> bet that I liked. You and, and that, that was brain. to tease the, tease the chiefs to uh six and a half so five points mm-hmm. and then tease the total down so that you could get the over which we would have got so the bet would have won i mean cheers of to that it would have won but they wouldn't let you pace it they wouldn't let you play it so anyway that's unbelievable they control that <clears throat> you didn't go in on any prop bets on rihanna's first song or who was going to score the first yeah. touchdown or anything like that you know the one bet that how funny is I work with this gal who does not strike me as a football person. She told me the one bet that she always likes is the interceptions. Really? Because the interceptions is a random one. It's always two or two and a half. Like it's always a total interceptions by both teams. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't remember if she said the over or the under, but obviously I think it would have been the under. I, I think the quarterbacks played fantastic. So but it's sure. always like two or two and a half. So that means you need a three, you know, combined three interceptions. And, uh, you know, to go over. So she always mm-hmm. likes the under. So anyway, I don't I don't know. Well, this would have been a – that's actually a highly educated bet right there just because these two quarterbacks were unbelievable. I mean, it, it, you said it. They put up great numbers. They played a phenomenal game. I mean, there was a little bit of a hiccup with a fumble yeah. uh, from Jalen Hurts. But I've never I, – I knew he was good. And I hope he gets – I'm glad the attention was on him because he played a phenomenal football game. But I had no idea how under control he was when he played football games because obviously you're not watching enough Eagles games to truly understand. Correct. You'll see stat sheets or you'll be playing against him in fantasy football and you're like, okay, this guy put up monster numbers. But I had no idea. The dude is like unfazed by but by success and by failure. I thought – I mean, he's got a great mentality, I felt like, through the entire course of that game with the pressure that was on him. I totally agree. And I think, you know, anybody, we talk about the resiliency and that's kind of what we really started talking about on this podcast a long time ago. 
was just, you know, how baseball and playing high-level athletics prepared us for real life. Obviously, he's still in the athletic realm, but having a dad who was a coach and being benched during the championship game at Alabama, but sticking around for the next year to be the support and then transferring and then having success again, like, you know, life is a bunch of ebbs and flows and highs and lows. And, uh, ooh, that rhymes. I could rap that, right? Ebbs and flows, highs and lows. Hashtag. Uh-huh. And, uh, and you know, I think, I think what's most impressive, and maybe you and I both looking back, I, I just didn't have that level of maturity at such a young age. You know, you Gosh, get, yeah, you know, you have both. To, yeah, so you have these, I don't know, you have these lapses in judgment or these snap, you know, decisions that you have to make. And so I think that's always what's most impressive is, these guys have been groomed for success and maybe supported in a good way. But, you know, I mean, you look at Trevor Lawrence, he's like 23 years old and Jalen Hurts is 24 and Mahomes is only 27 or 28 and he's been to four Super Bowls or no, I'm sorry, three Super Bowls, but five yeah. AFC championship games already. Like, you know, I, he's not in the GOAT conversation, but, you know, he's these guys there. are, yeah, these guys are just uber impressive. And I, and I would agree with you. I think, you know, there were a few things you mentioned at the top we can certainly discuss, but uh, I was impressed with the Super Bowl, and because we had no skin in the game aside for the our bet about the movie, like <laughs> you know, you just wanted to see a good game. So, yeah. what were your thoughts about that? No, you always do. I think you, you know, you, maybe this isn't something, maybe something we need to talk about a little bit more because we've been around so many athletes and been in so many clubhouses and 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 witnessed so many great things on the field. But you know, watching the Super Bowl talking about the maturity that you're talking about. And then I'm sitting here watching the Astros over the last six years go to championship series, four World Series. They're, the ability to compete on that elite level is one thing, but then to be able to compete at that level in a playoff situation is something that is so remarkable and fascinating to watch because guys approach it differently. And I think maturity has a lot to do with it. It's, it's the experiences you've been through to get to that point. It's how many times you've been in that situation, but it's also how many times you've, you've failed or didn't achieve your goal that I think make you good in those situations. And it's just crazy to watch the Super Bowl like we did with Jalen Hurts, obviously on the losing end of it, but that's the craziness of sports and, and football too, is the fact that you can play a borderline perfect game. We talked about the fumble that ended up being a touchdown, but overall, the way he came back and 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 made that team score and put him on their back, put him up, put the entire team on his back. I mean, it had to be the national championship. It had to be bent, being benched. It had to be the idea of I can be better, and I'm not going to let the fumble affect me. I got to make sure that I that let my offensive line know that even though I screwed up, we are still going to be good, and we are still in this game, and I still believe in us. But I mean, that's something if you really had the time to unpack, it'd be fascinating to talk to Jalen, see what he was thinking, talk to his offensive line, and see what you know, what the vibe was coming back and how he encouraged them throughout the course of the game. And then talk to these guys that have been in these situations and allow them to relax in order to, to complete the task that they're trying at that level under that kind of scrutiny and pressure. It, it's absolutely incredible. And I think that's a fascinating story and it just sucks that he ended up losing the game yet. He, he probably could have been MVP of that game. 
Yeah, you know, it's funny. The quarterbacks get a lot of credit. This is not the podcast to come to for stats and getting into the weeds about, um, yeah. you know, like, you know, war and, you know, this and, yeah. and that. Yeah, I mean, it just doesn't work like that for me. But I will tell you this. The 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 Eagles defense was the, you know, highly rated defense. Um, they had no sacks on Patrick Mahomes. So they were the sack Crazy. leaders. Right in the whole NFL, yeah. they had no sacks on Patrick Mahomes, so that, you know, give Andy Reid credit. But Dude, also, Hassan if you, Reddick destroyed the playoffs until he got there and didn't do a thing in the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, that was and crazy. We can talk about the field because somebody mentioned the field Ooh. too. But, but I will say, I will say, they both played on the same field, and you know, obviously the Chiefs mm-hmm. made it tougher on uh, on on Hertz, who had a good game. But both defensive lines were kind of, um, I don't know. Uh, leveled, right? So they, yeah, yeah they, they were, the equalizer, offset, right, whatever. Exactly. You, I mean, it was so, just so that wasn't yeah. the game. But I would say, you know, the Eagles' defense one stop, right? The Chiefs scored every possession in the mm-hmm. second half. And so, back to your original point about Jalen Hurts, you can't really put it on him. Even the fumble no. with the touchdown. I mean, just have one stop or two stops in the second half. If you're the number one defense, I'm sure the defense would certainly. Um, you know, put that on their shoulders. And then the field, this kind of goes to your conspiracy theory, and we could probably jump to that. But, you know, Scott <laughs> Van Pelt fun. said this a couple of weeks ago, and I thought it was great. So I'll always piggyback on this. If it were a conspiracy theory to have one team win over the other, they wouldn't make the game so damn close. Like what, I mean, you know, it's not, right? right? Like why would they leave it to a field goal, you know, at the end? Kind of like- time and, yeah, and sliding or, to keep the clock going. I mean, it was crazy. Right. Yeah, when we talk about the Bengals, I think we brought it up initially there. Like, oh yeah, they want to throw a flag on that. And so that, you know, it's like, no, if they wanted the Chiefs to win, why would they come down to the last possession with Burrow? And so, you know, and, and yeah. conspiracy theory doesn't mean they want somebody to win. You were talking about being scripted. So there is more there. How about this? though from a field perspective you basically Mm -hmm. have 364 days to make this field everybody knows it's being hosted so i don't know where the super bowl is next year but everybody Mm -hmm. knows the super bowl is in you know city x next year get the field right like one job right that's a baseball saying like you have one job like you're running around and i realize there's performers going on and you grow this grass like in some special greenhouse and whatnot but I mean, those guys were just slipping on regular plays on a on a nice dry field in you know perfect climate. It just you know that guy. There's greenskeepers, your buddy in Chicago. I mean, there's greenskeepers yeah, all over the, the world father. going, yeah, the sod. Fa- they're they're just they were turning over like just going, what in God's name, right? Like that, how did that became a storyline? It was unbelievable, and all of a sudden, you know, you're right. You're in Arizona, and you have this controlled environment. It has a retractable roof on that stadium. They hadn't played a game there in what three months, you know, since the end of the season. So even if they and they had started using this grass at the beginning of the season, we didn't hear about it all season long. And then all of a sudden, and two, you know, I said this during the game when it first started. They had the uh, Super Bowl, you know, whatever, 52, 53, what, the logos in that, like, you know, half the way down on each half of the field. I'm going, why yeah. in God's name do they need to put that out there? We know we're watching the Super Bowl. It seems just redundant and stupid, you know, and I mean, oh, well, well shit, I didn't know this was the Super Bowl. Thanks for yeah. putting that on the field, That's you know, right. I'm like. But it seemed like those painted areas were kind of messed up. I mean, you even had a kicker at kickoffs, you know, one of the kickoffs. Oh, yeah. Slip and fall. But 
it was brutal and they were taking chunks out of that field when they started to really zoom in on it and recognize right. that all these guys are changing their cleats um it, isn't this it, the sh- one job thing right you have one job like let's get the field job. right i think it's super and bowl 57 is what i 57, believe 57 yeah is, yeah but did you see the video like they're actually like taking the entire platform and like sliding it out so it gets its sun during the day yeah, and yeah. you know i mean they're yeah. You do everything to make that field as good as you think you can get it, and that happens. Yeah, yeah. Somebody's ass is on the line, man. I that agree. was terrible. It was terrible. And and again, I'm I'm like you. I think you just play under the circumstances you play under, right? They're both both teams are mm-hmm. playing on the same field. Um, you know, that's what what got us talking about the conspiracy theory. People like, oh well, the they wanted to neutralize the Eagles' line, so you know, so they made the field like. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think they could have done that on purpose, but uh, but it is. It's the one job argument. Like you guys have mm-hmm. one job, and like you said, it's it. It definitely became a story. Yeah, and uh, that was a little bit disappointing. What What did you make of Patrick Mahomes? I mean, we talked about you know all of a sudden these articles are coming out. Like you said, at his age, winning two Super Bowls, being as competitive as the Kansas City Chiefs are, Andy Reid is you know all, you know all of a sudden rocketed to you know one of the greatest coaches of all time type situation. And uh, but Patrick Mahomes playing through the ankle injury. Any thoughts on him and the way that they performed? Because it felt like Kelsey was a part of it, obviously scoring a touchdown, but it wasn't that typical go-to Kelsey type situation for Patrick Mahomes, like his uh, security blanket. Yeah, you know, it's so funny because it's just everybody's a cog in the wheel. And I've heard this before, you know, hitting a baseball is one of the most difficult things. Not when I was on the mound, but, you know, I guess for everybody else, <laughs> round ball, round bat. Um, but but no, I mean, joking aside, I, I, I think you're, you're, being, a, yeah. being a quarterback has got to be really difficult. And Patrick Mahomes just does it really well. He seems to – what I think it is, it's the, um, it's the perfect combination of a smart guy that kind of knows the playbook – um, you know, so very technical and engineer mind with the artistry of a guy who's like, you know, I'm just going to kind of go off script today. And so he seems to know exactly when to go off script and when mm-hmm. not to. And then when you look at Andy Reid, the last two touchdowns they threw on the goal line, both those guys were wide open. I don't, I mean, that's got to be play calling, right? T- Tony was yep. wide open on the right. They moved everybody to the left and up. Oh, here's a guy standing by himself. And then the Sky Moore play. I mean, it's always oh. funny in the Super Bowl because it's not the Travis Kelsey with four touchdowns or Juju Smith-Schuster or even A.J. Brown. It's like, you know, let's get the, you know, the Gainwell guys, uh, you know, let's yeah. get all these guys mixed in because nobody can account for them and they're not really sure how they're supposed to participate. But those last two touchdowns, I mean, they're, those guys were so wide open, you know, from six the yards out. The play set those up, yeah. But they, yeah, the, they felt like they used previous plays to set up the play at the at that situation. Exactly. And Mahomes, I mean, we forget this because, you know, like put location, location, locate. Like, you know, I try and dot your pitches and sometimes you miss location. Mm-hmm. The guy gets one. Like the, the play they showed in the first quarter where he was kind of moving to his left and the defender was on Kelsey and he hit Kelsey in stride. I mean yeah. – that's painting the black right there. I mean, though, so Big time. you know, so he definitely has the arm, but I, I do think he's probably, I mean, it's way too early for the goat conversation. I mean, what do you think about that? Like when no, you see, I, I know, but you played with all these guys, right? So they're like, all right, Tom Brady went to ten Super Bowls, he won seven. Mahomes is like two out of three, um, mm-hmm. and Mahomes was joking with the. Uh, 
with uh, Aaron Andrews before the game. They had the little interview, and he's like, "Yeah, I don't know if I could do eleven, you know, eleven Super Bowls, eight wins like that. Would might get make me the goat, <laughs> but it's just too it's just too far away." And I, I I think it's it's unfortunate in both in both realms that that you're even talking about it at this point. I yeah. mean, Joe Montana was four and zero, and now he's not even being talked about. It's like I you know That's I love crazy. Joe Montana, right? So I just think it's unfortunate for Patrick Mahomes. And maybe he gets back and maybe, you know, we're having this conversation. But even if he wins four out of six, you know, I, I mean, it, it's just not a conversation that's worth having. You know, the GOAT conversation no, seems to come up too often, right? Well, and I think also, I mean, you and I probably stunt that conversation because if you if you put it in – so the the way that the New England Patriots, it, it's just – it's it's a contractual thing. It's a building of a, a roster. It's structuring of an organization. Um, Andy Reid's a great coach. I get that. Eric Bieniemy does seems to be doing a great job. But at the same time, you had uh, Tom Brady taking you know cutbacks in his in his contracts to be, to facilitate opportunities for more guys to come into the New England Patriots with the money that he was able to reallocate. Yeah. Are you able to do that in Kansas City? I don't know if your roster construction is 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 workable that way. So I don't know if it's a bygone era or if it was just a New England thing where they brainwashed everybody and said, take a pay cut, come play for us and win some Super Bowls. You know, we'll offset your salary with a with a world championship ring and a, a, a Super Bowl bonus. I don't know how that works because Kansas City could be completely different. But that being said, the one thing that kind of intrigues me a little bit is that you get rid of a guy like Tyreek Hill and you still have enough weapons to go out there and play. You know, Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, you know, you know, and Sky Moore, like you said, some of these rookies and young guys, they've done a good job of drafting and developing, but in order to go to dear God, 10 Super Bowls and win seven of them, you have to have really good personnel around you and protecting you too. And I just don't know in this day and age, if you can manipulate your roster and contracts and be able to do that under a salary, salary cap type structure that they have. Yeah, the sustainability is going to be very difficult. Yeah. Um, my favorite player on the field for the Super Bowl, and we can probably wrap up our Super Bowl stuff here, is was uh, Isaiah Pacheco out of Rutgers, man. Mm-hmm. I, that guy, Dude, that he, just, he just runs hard every time, and he pops up, and he's just really a happy kid. It's like you could just mm-hmm. tell that 21-year-old. I really liked how he participated uh, in the game, and and he, I think, made a more of a difference. And people know he just runs yeah. really hard. And I think, you know, back to your point, it's the confidence um, and the play calling. I mean, I think Andy Reid probably more this year than any other year gets credit. I remember when he was in Philadelphia. I think they went to four straight NFC championships, and you know, Good never point. got over the hump. But he's very well regarded. And I think to your point, just winning another Super Bowl has elevated him to maybe a, another status. So why don't we uh, why don't we take a quick break here from the uh, Blue Wire Podcast Network. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts that help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching 
so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. I'd love to ask you, there's not a lot of hot stove going on in terms of, I mean, I know the trucks are getting packed up and everyone's there, the contracts, not a, mm-hmm. not a whole bunch of things happening. But as you get ready to head out to... Uh, Florida, I'm curious to hear, you mentioned at the top a couple of uh, exciting things maybe coming down for the Astros and maybe what you hear generally across yeah. the league. Yeah, you know, all well, there's been a couple of things that have kind of popped onto my radar, to be honest with you. And this is, this is a great year because spring training will involve the World Baseball Classic. And we can talk a little bit, you know, when we get into spring training, we can talk a little bit more about the rosters because they're going to start playing that tournament. But it's been a lot of fun for me to, to honestly, to see some of these rosters unfold because we know what Team USA has to offer, but it's been a lot of fun. It's always fun to see where some of these guys migrate to and end up, what teams they end up on, Team Israel, the Netherlands. And you're like, oh, that guy's yeah. from there. He's connected That's to that right. country. You had no idea. So it's kind of fun for me as a broadcaster to go, oh, you know, somehow he's connected to that. And then you start to peel back the onion and you see that, you know, great granddad or somebody like that was in, in one of these countries that they're playing for now. But that being said, I mean, some of these powerhouse Latin countries, how it's like, it's like putting together a fantasy team and putting together a fantasy team from some of these, these countries is remarkable. I mean, Puerto Rico is not a huge country yet. They've got, you know, bonafide all-stars through their lineup. Dominican Republic's the same way. Team Venezuela. I mean, it's a lot of fun. So I'm looking forward to that aspect in spring training because spring training can get kind of dull. It can get uh, monotonous. You know, it can get very routine. But now you add the spice of the World Baseball Classic. I think there's going to be a lot of intrigue and a lot of fun. Uh, the national, you know, the nationalism. I think you know if we, it's okay to say that these guys enjoy it, and uh, you start to take a little bit more pride in what the what the game is involved. Um, are you interested at all in the world baseball classic? Have you watched it in the past? I mean, you are a team USA guy. That's right. Uh, so here's the thing I, I am, and I'll tell you what you, I think you kind of hit the two key points. I mean, the Caribbean series just got over. Um, yeah, that's crazy to think about too, how long that, that off season series goes. (laughs) And I played in Puerto Rico for that. And we, we qualified for the Caribbean series. I got replaced on, I didn't tell you this, but probably a teammate of yours, I think with the Expos, I never asked, but I got replaced for the um, Caribbean series um, by Dennis Martinez. He had already retired. Oh, he was 41. Wow. Dennis Martinez El Presidente. Me. Yeah, El Presidente. So, but to your point, I played in Puerto Rico and our team had Jose Hernandez. Um, we had Will Cordero. We had Benji Molina. Like we were stacked. Oh, damn. And we, you know, we qualified to go that year. Um, but they do roster change. I mean, it's like getting sent up and sent down. I was like, hey, I'm going to the big leagues. And they called me on the, you know, we're getting ready to fly over to the, I think, Dominican <laughs> Republic from Puerto Rico for the Caribbean series. And uh, they're like, um, Dave, it's been great having you on the roster. You know, they sent me my playoff share too. We made it to the playoffs. So I got my playoff share in cash at spring training the next year. But yeah, Dennis Martinez, El Presidente replaced me. He was 41 or 42. And they were like, wow. hey, we'd, we'll take this experience down to the series. And I don't, you know, like you said, it's crazy. But back to your point about the World Baseball Classic is these guys play all year long World Series, then the Caribbean Series, now the World Baseball Classic. I think 
it, it provides two things. One is these guys like playing. They play all year round. So the spring training is not, it's more, it's probably a better prep uh, preparation for them getting ready for the season, facing these guys with country pride and some, you know, high leverage situations heading into the season than it is like playing five innings and heading to the golf course or, you know, going <laughs> to the treatment room. But it also gives guys, you know, similar to me, like fringe guys, roster guys, more of an opportunity True. to play in spring training as well. So in the Astros, right, there, right. right in the Astros world, right with the new general manager, it'll kind of be a nice thing for say, all right, these guys are playing the this World Baseball Classic. Point. It's high level, but hey, we get to actually call up this guy from Double A, this guy from Triple A, and let's watch them play. Um, you know, in the spring training game. So I think it's it's twofold, but I do think from a fan's perspective and a player's perspective, it can make spring training much less monotonous, which was your point, and much mm -hmm. more enjoyable. I, I know, I think, what did they have one when I was playing? Maybe not, but the World Baseball Classic when that started was really funny. And as you said, some guy will show up on Team Israel. You're like, who's that guy? You know, his great-grandfather was, you know, in Israel. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh, okay, so... No, I think that's actually a really good point because the World Baseball Classic is a lot of fun in itself, but the fringe benefit for some of these other guys that they're not necessarily on the bubble, but they're on a 40-man roster or they're, you know, they were a draft guy from a year or two ago and they really have an opportunity to play. And I know it sounds crazy, but you and I both both experienced this when it, even though it's spring training, if you get to go to the big field, and what I mean by big field is the the spring training stadium yep. where the major league team plays its games and you get to be a, even a part of batting practice or throw a couple of bullpens. If you're on that field, there is somebody with a set of eyes that might pick up on what you're doing. And it's it's always an opportunity. It really does feel like a stage when I had number 83 on my back and I'm running out there. It's like I didn't the number on my back didn't mean anything. It, this yeah. was a chance for me to to try and change somebody's mind in the front office or in that dugout as far as the coaching staff is concerned that maybe if, it, if not breaking camp, but maybe later in the season, they can kind of go, we had a couple of injuries. Remember that guy in spring training that hit the double off the wall and really hustled out the box. Let's bring that guy back up. I think he'd be a nice fit, you know, so that's kind of what you're doing. And that's, that's a great point that you brought up about some of these younger guys who may may have a, never have an opportunity, but they'll have the opportunity this spring with some open spots. Yeah, the 40-man roster gets a little bit longer, right? Because you have to cover these, you know, and I don't know how the schedule works out with the World Baseball Classic with the actual games, but these split squad games, if you're having a split squad game and you have five dudes playing in the World Baseball Classic, Oh, you're, you know, you're heading, you're heading down into maybe roster 60, 65, 68, you know, and to your point, yep. I think after I went over to the big field a couple of times, then you're just playing baseball. Then you're more focused than maybe you would be on the fields without the, uh, the audience. But I think, I, you know, the nerves go away and you just play baseball. And like you said, somebody, mm -hmm. you may be able to impress somebody. So I, I do think from a fan's perspective, perspective, it's exciting to see the enthusiasm around the uh, the national pride for these um, these different players. But it's also an opportunity, and you know this very well with the fans that holler at you, sup. But the uh, you know a lot of people are like, well, I hosted this guy in a ball, or you know they saw Christian oh, yeah. Javier play in Round Rock, and they're like, you know, there's just there's there's always that hope springs it's eternal a connection yeah and i think it totally that does and i think more guys are going to get involved and i do think the spring training could be exciting with that i know i'm going to watch some games even from afar just because uh you know because it's high level baseball too 
Yeah, it'll it'll be quality baseball. Those guys will be playing hard. And you mentioned a guy in Christian Javier. Uh, he kind of hit the news as far as the hot stove is concerned. And just to backtrack a little bit and set this up, the Astros hired a new general manager in Dana Brown. And uh, one of the ideas when he came over and became the Astros general manager was there's some guys on this roster who could use some extensions and and have played well enough to to garner the money to stay here for a little bit longer. And you've also got to recognize that these guys could be some key pieces in a rotation or on the field to not only uh, win ball games, but keep fans engaged too. And I think this day and age of loyalty, it really speaks volumes uh, to go out there and extend these guys and show them that the organization is loyal to the work you've put in. And these guys are at a unique age in their mid twenties. You know, Dana Brown bought out the rest of the arbitration years for Christian Javier and two years into free agency. So a five-year, $65 million contract for Christian Javier, who worked into the rotation. He's pitched well out of the bullpen. Everything that he's been asked of, he's done extremely well. His nickname is El Reptile because he is so calm and cool and collected no matter the environment when he's on the mound. Cold-blooded. uh cold-blooded, and he comes out there with that invisible fastball, striking guys out 93 to 95. He's developed a very good slider and changeup. But uh, I think with you know the, the departure of Justin Verlander, a lot of questions around the, the rotation as it is for the Astros. But now you've got Framber Valdez, Lance McCullers Jr., Christian Javier, Jose Urquidy, Luis Garcia, Hunter Brown, Forrest Whitley might be in the mix. But I think locking up a guy and you know and and getting a guy like Christian Javier was a great move, and it might just be the beginning of things because Fromber could be next, Kyle Tucker could be next, maybe extend Alex Bregman past his contract that's up I think in 2025, and do the same thing for Altuve. So things are moving in the right direction. The Astros are going to continue to be very good, but I think that was a great sign. And the guy who's usually emotionless on the mound. He had the biggest smile when he signed that contract. So it's a lot of fun to see these guys get rewarded for hard work. Uh, I know you probably have some thoughts on Christian Javier. Well, his numbers are st- fantastic. They're staggering. Yeah. We're talking about not getting the numbers, but I, that Invisa fastball worked really well. And I think, you know, it's well deserved. And I do think we've discussed this pretty regularly on the podcast that as a businessman, you know, getting buying out those arbitration years and getting some guys signed early. You know, I mean, if Christian Javier, you know, two more years hits the free agent market and he pitches the way he's pitching, you know, all of a sudden you're talking about a $200 million pitcher. So $65 million for a guy who, you know, grins ear to ear and, you know, is really happy to sign. I mean, at some point, you don't, it's not all about the money. It's, it's kind of a, Mm. it's a win-win. And I think the Astros and other teams do it, but the Dodgers, you know, the Dodgers and the Yankees, Red Sox, somewhat they just seem more mercenary about it right like you know the boris theory which is like hey we'll just wait till these guys hit free agency and then we'll just cash in and you know the dodgers have done a good job of getting those guys but really they only won the world series in the strike shortened year i'm sorry the covid shortened year and uh and it's you know it's it's really interesting because you know it's really hard to buy your team and i think to your point the loyalty and the homegrown aspect i don't know how many more years altuve is going to play um, oh, it's funny. It just mm-hmm. struck me. He wears number 27 and you have your Astros 27. I know. Interesting. When they retire 27, do you think they could put Altuve slash Blum sometimes or oh, something like that? That'd no, my, the, I always tell everybody I'm I'm going to, when he retires and they actually elevate his number into the rafters yeah, at yeah. Minute Maid Park and he gets Hall of Fame <laughs> votes, 
I'm going to be the question. They're going to be like, yeah. who wore number 27 yeah. before Jose Altuve? There you go. And it's going to be like, oh, right here, dude. Hey, that's great. <laughs> hey, I mean, my claim to fame is getting traded for David Wells. David Wells did a lot more God, in the big leagues than one. I did. So we got we to gotta ride coattails at some point, and everybody Heck has yeah. them. But uh, anyway, it's funny. So, yeah, so to extend Bregman to, you know, the, the thoughts that you just um, – that you so eloquently put out are definitely real. Um, and it'll be interesting to see with kind of the new regime, um, how that, how that transpires. But yeah, like you said, Kyle Tucker and he's homegrown and Bregman may get extended and Javier and, you know, and Fromber and these guys that are really performing well are still, are still young. And I just feel like I know I'm a little biased now having been on this podcast with you for a couple of years, but <laughs> you know, the, the Yankees and the Dodgers get a lot of heat and rightfully so, because it does seem sometimes more mercenary, um, than, uh, you know, then, then, Hey, taking care of their guys and building a, you know, a culture per se. Yeah. No, but that's the thing. You you can buy a team and you can buy players, but you can't buy culture. You know, that's right. that that's the issue. Yep. And for whatever reason, the Astros have cracked the code on that and they figured it out. A lot of it has to do with leadership on the field. I think the Bregman types, the Altuve types, Michael Brantley, they've really kind of, uh, created that culture and really, you know, created the momentum to continue in that way. Like they recognize that we've got a good thing here. Let's try and ride this thing out as long as we possibly can. And you can't replicate that or buy it like you're talking about. Nope. All right. So the deadline for the payoff of the bet. So last year you were supposed to buy me some beer. So I will, I will collect that when I head out. Um, to Houston, which I'm yep. still working on that schedule, but uh, I need. I, I'm thinking if I wait another two weeks, 80 for Brady might not be in the theaters, and that might be a that might be a like, <laughs> hey, sorry, I tried to go. So it's, it's President's Weekend. My daughter has a soccer tournament, can't make it this weekend. No, but uh, my goal is to pay off our bet. So for the listeners that didn't hear, the Super Bowl bet was Eagles win, Blum has to go see 80 for Brady, Chiefs win, Tuttle has to go see 80 for Brady. I'm Tuttle, Chiefs won. I gotta go see 80 for Brady, <laughs> and uh, maybe we'll get Ramos to put that on social media. I'll definitely take a picture. I have to take picture for proof, right? So yeah, right in I'll front of my... the tr- the poster before you go into the oh, theater. There you fantastic. go, fantastic. Oh, that. But be you crazy. you've got a you've got a running mate going to the theater though. Somebody yes. might be interested in the household. Yeah, so my so daughter's funny. Helps. So how about this? My daughter's English she's, she's, teacher. This is how good she is. She is she's such great. a sweetheart. She's like, oh, I got dad's back, man. She I does. love the guy. I'll do hey, this. At least somebody in this house has my back. Here's the thing is I think she wanted to see it anyway. <laughs> anything that she kind of – that I don't know if it's sports or whatever, but anything that kind of tickles her fancy that's related to sports. This is a funny story. So her English teacher said, oh – I'm so excited to watch the Super Bowl this weekend. And my my daughter perked up. She's like, oh, you are? And she goes, yeah, because I want to see Rihanna per- perform at halftime. <laughs> and my daughter's like, that's the only what? thing I don't want to see. Like, I could care less about Rihanna. She's like, I want to watch the game. And I'm like, there's Dude, you a... You are parent of the year. That's right. There's a girl after my own heart. So anyway, so I will have a running mate. I do not think... I was going to try and talk my wife into going to it. And oh, I think she's special. like... You know what she said, though? She's like... If it's if there's too much sports in the movie, I'm just ew, she. My wife wants to see the human part of it. I'm like, I Never think it's a pretty sappy story. Or octogen- yeah. whatever they call yes. that, eighty year old women in there. That's funny. Jeez. What is it? Is it octogenarians? I believe octogenarians. Yes. Yeah. Easy for me to say. That'll be on a Wednesday when I have to use that word. Jeez. <laughs> Weird word. <laughs> Wednesday is coming. Yeah, up soon. it's coming back. All right. So why don't you fill us in on your schedule and we'll roll out of here. Like, are you? When are you heading out? Yeah. What's the? What's the? You know. Well, just to kind of 
preface what we're, you know, hopefully next week when we do talk, I want to talk, I want to get a little more in depth on some of the rule changes because oh, yes. I'm starting to get emails, which I need to forward to you and Ramos okay. just so you can get a little preface and idea of what's going on. But uh, we should talk about some of the rule changes, changes the, the, the clock, pitch clock, the uh, shift, the shift and the bigger base. I mean, yep. maybe that does have an impact. We can talk about that and get our own ideas about that. And then uh, we are, I'm actually, what is today? Oh, happy Valentine's Day. We're hey, recording on the 14th. Love you, buddy. Love you. Love you back, bro. <laughs> well, that's why I wore my Jeremy Pena shirt oh, from Ram Shirts with the little heart, you know? Right there. I got to wear that. So- uh, in 10 days, I will be traveling to West Palm Beach, and then we are going to broadcast the 25th, 26th, 27th, and I just found out that ESPN is going to pick up the game on the 28th for the Astros, so there's four straight games being televised, and then I will actually do the 28th game on radio, and I believe March 1st, I'll do the game on radio also, but I think the night of the 20s, whatever the Thursday is, I'll be down there hosting Astroline in Duffy's Sports Bar in West Palm Beach. So I've got a pretty packed week when I yeah. get down there to West Palm Beach, but it, things are happening. Nice. They're moving. And I come back March 2nd, and I think our next broadcast will be March 8th, which is we just talked about the WBC. The Astros are going to play Team Venezuela. Ooh, so we're gonna we're exciting. gonna broadcast that game. It'll be pretty cool. But and you're yeah, gonna broadcast a, that from where is that? Is that in Palm We're going. They're, they decided to send us to West Palm. Oh, okay, that's what I mean. So yeah. you're home for a couple of days, and then you're back to do the broadcast. Yep. And then how long are you in West Palm Beach? Then, like, I'm trying to still just figure a day. Out. Oh, no, it's I just gonna you. be a flyby. I'm just gonna get gotcha. down, call the game, right. get out, come back okay. home. Well, yeah. let's work on. I got to come out then March at some point for yeah. Uh, for just a weekend while you're home and go to the, you know, we'll record a podcast yeah. and talk Astros as they get closer to the season and oh see what's gosh. happening. Dude, fans would fall out getting ah, their hands and selfies with David Tuttle. Whatever. That'd be great. Yep. Well, we're going to make it happen. We're going to make it happen. Yeah, dude. Yeah. You got any big plans or how's this week? You finally dying down after getting the, you know, the big job conference out of the oh, way and kind of yeah, settle in just back work. in. Everything's just settling back in. They have uh you remember this yeah. out here. So we're in uh the public school system. So we have spring break in April, but there's ski week coming up for the uh, Ooh, <clears throat> for nice. the private schools and stuff. So we are we're fine. And we're just gonna plow through ski week, pun intended. We're just gonna hang out and <laughs> get everybody well. I think Tyler's hopefully gonna hear from some schools soon. Oh, nice coming into March. And so uh yeah we're just uh just trying to live some normal life here after, like you said, New Year's and some, you know, it's crazy, ups and downs man. or whatever. You know, life just keeps on plugging along, Blummer. Yeah, it does. It speeds up. And my favorite holiday, Valentine's. Oh, yeah. The Hallmark holiday. Yeah. yeah. Five you know, women in my house. I got to uh, send, I sent flowers to Arkansas. And now it's like, uh, things are good. I got to like plan ahead now. I'm not, I'm do. not good at that. No. Well, here's the thing is I only have one Valentine in the house. I love my children, but I got one Valentine. So I focus I know, on right? that. We don't do a lot of like kid stuff. I know you have older daughters now, but, and then last night at dinner, my wife goes, we don't, we're not going to buy each other anything spectacular, are we? And I'm like, right up my alley, honey. Like yeah. 20 years of marriage, I'm good. I'm good. So anyway, Dude, I'm so with you. True. Yeah. Cute little yeah. card and let's, let's go have some dinner. And that's that's it. right. Yep, we love our family, we love our wives, we love our children, but you know, the even my yeah, wife. We love like, for 365, not just one. That's right. That's how good we are. Yeah. If we were a greenskeeper, <laughs> though, we'd be in trouble. 
Oh man, we run, we yeah. love for 364, and then that 365th day we screw it all up. Like whoops. Yeah, then drop a big fern right in the middle of the Super Bowl. Jeez. <laughs> all right. Well, that should wrap it up. Let's uh, let's give a shout out. Take it's it good home. to see your smiling mug. And yeah, uh, yeah, we rocked it again with no content. I think the Super Bowl was uh, certainly a quality game, but we want to give a shout out to first responders, military, um, firefighters, police, public servants, everybody that takes care of us, fights for our freedom around the world, shoots down the balloon. Uh, that's like hawking our skies. I don't I know mean, what's dude, going on. Why but else would you go to Top Gun? You know, <laughs> seriously, you could shoot down a, a, a <laughs> spy balloon. That's Top Gun right. Three's <laughs> coming out next year. That's funny. <laughs> the balloon. But again, a great appreciation for those that uh, you know do the things that we're not always willing to do. Um, teachers, also healthcare workers. I think you know, COVID is still around. Some way shape or form but uh until may 11th i think (laughs) and then it just stops awesome i love it anyway so thanks so much to uh to all of you and uh thanks to our listeners i don't think we said on this podcast but we greatly appreciate you we've been doing this for a couple years now if you want to hit us up you can get to bleacherblums.com listen to this you also have the opportunity to buy some swag we're looking to try and make some new swag here before the baseball season starts you can get my friend at blummer27 on both instagram and twitter myself at real david tuttle both instagram and twitter and if you're over the age of 45 don't forget to get screened for colorectal cancer get after it and believe it believe it I'm just impressed that we've done this many podcasts and nobody's broken wind on on the recording, you know? Well. Like, in depth in this thought of, like, you know, Major League Baseball and then, <laughs> whoopsie. <laughs> That's so funny. That's so true. <laughs>